Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Let's get them up, get them going. It's Friday. Friday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod. We already to the end of the week. Looking forward to a tremendous weekend. And, of course, what's coming Monday night, National Championship semifinals. It also happens to be the first day of the new year. So uh, we will have a lot to do over the next five hours here on Hook'em Up. Uh, we'll say goodbye to 2023 and look forward to 2024. And it starts with a bang with a couple of national semifinals, one in the Rose Bowl, one in the Sugar Bowl. And that certainly includes the Texas Longhorns in New Orleans. We will preview, certainly, also talk about the Cowboys and a big day for uh, legendary Cowboys coach Jimmy Johnson, finally into the ring of honor tomorrow night, ahead of their game with the Detroit Lions, Cowboys and uh, and Lions, uh, also the Texans and the Titans in the NFL. Week 16 kicked off last night and break up the Cleveland Browns. They continue to roll. We'll get into uh, that and also some uh, other college football news. The bowl games continue. There's basketball with the uh, Detroit Pistons on a collision course with utility. Spurs broke a skid last night, too, so a lot to do into the weekend. Looking forward to doing it with you over the next five hours, wherever you're finding us. I appreciate you being there. Uh, maybe 1019 on the FM dial. Could be AM 1260, and always easy to find us on that Horn app. Just download it to your smartphone. You've got us with a touch of a button wherever you are, all over Austin, all over the great state, and all over the world uh, at uh, that, that Horn app, and also at hornfm.com. And look who it is sitting across uh, the room here, just rolling in here in, uh, to our South Austin Onion Creek Studios, our man, uh, from the 713 DB High down there in Houston, Texas. Also DBU right here in Austin, Texas, a lifetime Longhorn. Also uh, four years in the NFL, now 16 great years on radio and doing media here in Central Texas. He is our shutdown corner. He is Blackstradamus. He is the uh, proud papa of Baby Monroe. What's up, uh, Rod Babers? Uh, doing great, brother. I appreciate it. And it is Friday, so it's a freak flag, feel good. Thank you to you, make it. Indeed. Rick Flair. Woo! Football Friday edition of Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Ooh, one of the last two, so I always uh, it always makes me last excited. Friday of the year, Rod. Uh, it's last one of the, Friday yeah, of the it's year. One of Friday, uh, last, last football Fridays too, but I uh, will enjoy it while we can, of course. And of course, we'll talk plenty of Texas, Washington. We'll be breaking that down all day. Uh, also, a uh, little bit later on, we'll talk a little bit of Cowboys too. Can't ignore the Cowboys; they got a big weekend. Uh, the Cowboys have been a different team at home than they have been on the road. Man, uh, this is probably one of their best. Is this the? This is one of the biggest tests they've had so far. Uh, they, the Eagles, obviously, that was a big test at home too. But it's probably the, the second best team they played at home this year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've right. had a t- pretty tough road it's, schedule. Yeah. They with Philly the, uh, at home. Philly's a good team. Philly's a good team, but yeah, they've they've annihilated teams in Arlington. Yeah, and. Um, 
You know, they, they've, they've had their struggles on the road. They have played their tougher teams on the road, which is yes, credit to the Cowboys. But, yeah. uh, you know, unfortunately, the way things have gone, they're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs, <laughs> uh, which, you know, you're going to play a tough team in the playoffs. Yeah, That's just team. the way that works. They're all tough. Uh, but, yeah, Buffalo, Miami, back-to-back losses for the Cowboys. Now they lost to San Francisco earlier this year in Arizona. And, and as Ty mentioned, last time the Cowboys lost three in a row in a year where they had a healthy quarterback, it's probably been, been a, a bit. Yeah. You know, you go back to the Dak year when Dak broke his ankle. I mean uh, – they yeah. lost a lot of games that year yeah. with a horrible defense and uh, no quarterback. But, yeah, this is uh, one you need to, to put a, you know, stand the tide there and put an end to that uh, losing streak. Cowboys are, you know, they're, they're on a, they haven't lost at home this year. I think they're on a 15-game home win streak. If you date back to next, last year as well. Houston's back home as well. Their playoff hopes alive. We'll get you details on that. They are going to have their starting quarterback back, but uh, we're ready to crank this thing up. But yeah, last Friday of 2023, we'll uh, say goodbye to the uh, to the. It's been, a, it's been an eventful year, Rob. Been a lot a going on. Year. The radio station with us, year, uh, man. but man, it's a great year. Longhorns are back among the uh, right. the elite of college football, playing for a national championship. That's why a great a year, year there. Uh, volleyball national championship, a lot of athletic success for the Longhorns, and we'll uh, we'll run through some of the uh, the highlights of 2023 because it is the final. It's hard to believe because we were off all week, and so we're already Friday, Rod. We're already to the end of the week, but uh, we got a lot to do. Let's start with the headlines. Get you caught up on the news of the morning. There's plenty of it, including news from uh, NOLA yesterday. Top Gun Rentals and uh, Lawn Equipment bring you the news. Top Gun had a new new uh, location coming. We'll tell you about in the new year. Excited about that. Start with college football. T-minus three days and about 13 hours till third-ranked Texas meets second-ranked Washington in the national semifinal at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Pretty clear for Texas. If they're going to win that game Monday night, they're going to have to do a great job and have a great plan to handle Michael Penix Jr. and that Huskies' top-rated passing offense. The senior has thrown for over 4,200 yards and 33 touchdowns. At his media availability yesterday, the Heisman runner-up said he respects the Texas defensive line that features Outland Trophy winner Devondre Sweat and Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year Byron Murphy. Said they play good ball, but says they're not playing the 49ers D-line or the Eagles D-line, so we'll be good. Also extremely confident in his group up front as well. They're a good D-line. Um, I have a great O-line, so we'll see. That's all I got to say. I, I, ain't, I ain't trying to talk about them too much more. <laughs> Joe Moore. Them boys, the best of the best. They they come out and they, they show it each and every week. They show it each and every day to to the team, you know. Um, and they, they put in the work and they, they they come out to play each and every, each and every day. So it's going to be exciting. Certainly is. Texas and Washington, Monday night. Game set for 745. Kickoff from the Big Easy. Other national semifinal played at the Rose Bowl Monday afternoon. That's where top-ranked Michigan faces fourth-ranked Alabama. At his media availability yesterday, Crimson Tide quarterback Jalen Milrow revealed that former Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien advised him to consider a position position switch. He was asked about that yesterday. What was your reaction to Bill O'Brien telling you that you shouldn't play quarterback? Do you remember how you felt when you said that? How would you feel if I told you you suck? I wouldn't like it. Okay, then. So that's exactly how I felt. You know what I'm saying? Is there a position he wanted you to play or said you should be this position or that position? Or he just... I mean, he, he, I mean, he told me a bunch of bits that I could have switched to. But look where I'm at right now. So, you know what I'm saying? So who gets the last laugh? Yeah, that game set for 4 o'clock Monday in Pasadena. The winners will meet in Houston for the national championship. Four bowl games yesterday and last night, including the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, where Arizona forced six Oklahoma turnovers, including an 87-yard fumble return for a touchdown late in the third quarter on their way to a 38-24 win over the Sooners. Uh, Kansas State topped NC State 28-19 in the Pop-Tart Bowl. Rutgers took down Miami 31-24 in the pinstripe. And on a rainy Boston, it was Boston College rallying past SMU 23-14. Four more bowl games on tap today. 
including 11 o'clock this morning. Clemson facing Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. 19th-ranked Oregon State will battle 16th-ranked Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl this afternoon in El Paso. Iowa State meets Memphis in the Liberty Bowl. And tonight, top 10 matchup in the Cotton Bowl in Arlington. 7th-ranked Ohio State facing 9th-ranked Missouri. NFL Week 16 kicked off last night. Break up the Cleveland Browns. They won their fourth straight game, clinched a playoff berth in the AFC with a 37-20 win over the New York Jets. Resurgent Joe Flacco threw for 309 yards and three touchdowns. Browns improved to 11-5 on the year. Full Week 16 slate coming this weekend, including as Rod mentioned, in Arlington tomorrow night. Cowboys back home to face the Detroit Lions. Ahead of the showdown tomorrow night, at long last, Jerry Jones and the franchise will induct former head coach and Pro Football Hall of Famer Jimmy Johnson into the team's coveted ring of honor. That whole ceremony will be on ESPN. Uh, ahead of that game. If you're looking forward, down in Houston on Sunday, Texans look to keep their playoff hopes alive. They'll host the Tennessee Titans. Good news for Houston yesterday. Word that their starting quarterback, C.J. Stroud, has cleared concussion protocol. Plans to start that game after missing the past two with that concussion. NBA last night, Spurs put it into their latest losing skid. They beat Portland 118-105 in Minnesota. The Timberwolves, best team in the West, they beat the Mavericks 118-110. And speaking of losing skids, how about the lowly Detroit Pistons? They blew a 21-point lead in Boston yesterday and lost their 28th consecutive game. They are now officially one loss away from setting the NBA record for most consecutive losses of all time. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. The Cleveland Browns uh, story, uh, circuitous route to becoming a double-digit win team and securing a playoff spot, um, it's, it's mind-blowing. I said it. We said it yesterday. Fourth quarterback. They got their fourth starting quarterback. That's been an issue for everybody in the NFL. But it's been they've probably been hit with the most dire of circumstances. They had to go grab a, a old quarterback who was sitting on the couch hanging out. And twenty six percent, as I said, of their salary cap is right now on injured reserve. And this is a team that's right now playing their best football. It's going to be really awkward in that locker room. I'm telling you, when they're a playoff team and Deshaun Watson's still the face of the franchise, but he's not the guy that's won over the locker room necessarily. It's going to be weird. It's going to be strange. He's not the guy that saved the job of Kevin Stefanski or helped save the job of Kevin Stefanski. I don't know how you navigate that. It's going to be weird. Well, I mean, at this point, if you're the Browns, you're just going to ride the wave here and see where you can go with this. But you're right. I mean, the future is uh, questionable with 38-year-old Joe Flacco, who's come in and looked like 28-year-old Joe Flacco. Um, Pretty incredible. He's fourth straight game over 300 yards. He's the first quarterback um, in a long while to throw for over 300 yards against that Jets defense. We talked about – you know, could he did it against Houston? He did it against uh, you know some other teams, but man, could he do it against the the Jets in that vaunted pass defense? Three hundred nine yards, three touchdowns. He had two ninety six by halftime. Two ninety six by halftime. Yeah, no, and, and he's not just playing. He's playing great. I mean, he's playing great uh, since since rolling back in and really has clicked with that offense. And David Njoku has become. You know, it looks like Tony Gonzalez out there running around. That um, team is playing inspired. They are. They're, 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 they're really – I mean, I – You said that about the Browns. I don't think ever. Well, I said that when I saw them beat Houston, and I was like, man, this team's really good. This is a team that no one wants to play right now. Uh, through all the injuries, 26% of their salary cap on injured reserve. Nick Chubb is their best player probably. The running back, he got hurt way back. Um, their offensive line's banged up, but they have the number one defense in pro football, led by Miles Garrett, who's a game wrecker. Uh, Darius right Smith now, off the other side. Should be defensive player of the year. Or well, at least he's the front runner for Front us. runner. And now they have this quarterback who's playing with a ton of confidence. And 
you know, they're, 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 they're going to be a scary team to face if you, if you're, because they're now in the playoffs. They're, they're 11 and 5. They're going to be in. Uh, so they're going to, they're going to ruin somebody's January, you feel like. The 296 yards that Joe Flacco had at, at, at halftime, as you mentioned, um, versus the Jets, that was, uh, more than Deshaun Watson's had in any of his 12 starts oh. for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I should have saved that for, for uh, you know, what the facts. But no, that's good. No, it's, it's, it don't mean so – like, I think it's going to get awkward in there. And here's a little nugget for Cleveland Browns fans because they've been uh, throwing this out there because it just hasn't happened in forever. For the first time since 1989, the Cleveland Browns will finish ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the division. Since when? 1989. Yeah, I was in high school. I was in high school. That, uh, yeah. That's a long time. It's been a long time. There, I mean, that just lets you know that I'm not saying things are changing. It could be an outlier, but this Cleveland Browns team, they, they're something – they're built with some substance, though. The defense, that's legit. The lines of scrimmage, that's legit. Honestly, we, everybody thought they were kind of an insert quarterback here uh, construction in terms of the roster construction, and they thought Deshaun Watson would be that quarterback, and it hadn't worked out, but they still got a quarterback. As long as you got a quarterback, doesn't matter if you got the quarterback, I guess. As long as you got the a quarterback that can operate, it. and right now Joe Flacco, man, he's dealing. Well, and he's good. he's just you know found yeah. this offense so uh, can, compatible to what he's about, and uh, he's got the big arm, and now they're pushing the ball down the field, a lot of play action that they run, and uh, got a running game. Yeah, I mean he's playing. I mean it's not just game managing type of stuff for Joe Flacco. He's playing really high level yeah. football no, totally and agree. making some big time throws. And you know in the in the four game win streak, he's thrown for three thirteen hundred and sixty two yards, and now. How many more touchdowns last night? Three. So, uh, gosh, so he's throwing. That's pretty amazing. I mean. Yeah, that's a hot. He's on a heater. He's on a heater. <laughs> he's on a, I mean, he's thrown. He's on a heater, 1,362 man. yards and 13 touchdowns in four games. I mean, that's, that's kind of MVP level quarterback play right there, uh, what he's done over the last month. And that's why you combine that with a number one defense that, that is salty. Uh, it's going to be a tough team to meet coming up uh, in January. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. No, and, and think about Joe Flacco. No Amari Cooper last night, and they still shredded him. Yeah, it's a great point. And think about Joe Flacco and even the, the Browns team. You know, they're made for cold weather, bad mm-hmm. weather. Joe Flacco, that's, that's why part of the reason they drafted him, um, because they said they liked the fact that he could operate, you know, on the East Coast, cold weather, harsh conditions. Uh, that's what you get in the playoffs this time of year. The Delaware Blue Hen. Yeah, man. So MVP it's... of Super Bowl forty-seven, if you can believe that. Way back when, remember when the question was, should he get the member? He bet on himself, and he he earned the big contract from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Had his great year. They won the Super Throw Bowl. Yeah. Got paid, and um, never really never, played again yeah. that good again until now, ten years later. Wow. Which is pretty amazing, but uh, and how old is Flacco now? Do we thirty-eight, thirty-eight, thirty-eight years, years old. Yeah, but you're—you mean you can't run him off? He's—he's he's on his way to being no, a I'm not Browns that legend. I'm, it's just amazing. <laughs> we're just seeing it just continues the trend of quarterbacks playing better in their older age now. It's just we whether it's the systems or whether it's because you know the the NFL protects you more, even though quarterbacks are still getting hurt <laughs> uh, at a, at a rapid rate. Uh, yeah, quarterbacks. I mean, if you can provide some structure around them. I mean, even at a close to 40 years old, you can still get a lot out of a good quarterback. I guess the Jets thought that was the case, too, until Aaron Rodgers. Think about it. Right now, the Browns would be the five seed in the AFC, and if they, they would go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars, who are going to win they'll the They'll beat the Jags. They'll beat the Jags. They'll beat the Jags. Well, that's the thing. They're, right they're, they're, because they're going to be the highest-seeded wild card at 11 wins at this point. They're going to go play whoever wins the AFC South, which could be Jacksonville, could be Houston, mm-hmm. could be Indianapolis. All three of those teams still fighting for that. Houston's got Tennessee on Sunday. 
they'll win that game. I mean, they'll go in there and win that game, and then they'll. And then they'll go upset one of the, the top groups. Now, look, uh, can we criticize the NFL again? I keep asking this question. You don't have a good answer for it. I'm not, it's not something you should have an answer for. Nobody, nobody they have does. this flex scheduling thing that they've agreed to, uh, and, and, and the networks have agreed to it for, for, to put better games in prime time. Best game of Sunday is Dolphins at, Bill, at, at uh, Ravens. It's the top two teams in the AFC. It's Tua at Lamar Jackson, and it's a noon kick, and they have not flexed this game to Sunday night. Come on, man. Yeah. What are we doing? Why do I, I want to watch the, the Vikings and the Packers play on Sunday night football? I, I, I can't answer that. That's just bad. That's, I mean, what, yeah. Why do you have the rule? Must Keep saying this. The flex scheduling. Packers at Vikings Sunday night. I mean, it, who cares? Yeah. I think Jalen Wild is going to be out for Miami, too. I know. That's unfortunate. I mean, you know, the, the, the best game is at noon, uh, and Miami plays Baltimore. Uh, on the final day of 20 and 23, come on, man. I, I know CBS and Jim Nance and all of they want that game, but at the same time, that's a game to put in the prime time. That's a, that's, that's a battle for the top spot in the AFC. One seed, Tua, pass, leading passer, another opportunity for uh, Lamar Jackson to make an MVP case. And uh, after coming off their big win over the 49ers, and they haven't flexed it. And no, it's, it's too weird late because, now. and you, you've brought this up several times, the last two years, I think it's – it's 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 noticeable that they don't like to I don't know egregiously use the flex scheduling rule. They don't I mean they because the, all the quarterbacks have gotten hurt and we've seen a lot of the quarterbacks disappoint. Mostly, this think about what happened with Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos and how they yeah. put him on all the primetime games. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers, put him on the primetime games. He gets hurt for Russell Wilson. It was all the obviously subpar performances, but we've noticed that they don't flex them out. When they can, it's like well, flex them out. Well, you're not watching the games. Yeah, it's so I don't know what it is, but it's it's become more and more obvious that they don't like to do it a lot, and I don't know why. I know I, that's a, I'm with you. Like this, do it. This would be the obvious one. This flex is them the, out. You know, because I've again in past weeks I've argued for the Texans to get moved into prime by, which I get. Okay, fine. Some people said yes, they're biased. Come on, this is the this is the Ravens and the Dolphins. This is a huge game. The Ra- and Ravens coming off Can't get bigger that than big that. win against the 49ers. Yes. Everybody wants to watch the Ravens again, and we've talked about and, it. And, and seen them. And not just two healthy quarterbacks, two quarterbacks who are in the MVP discussion head-to-head. Come on, man. The, the battle, there's not, a, there's not a, a bad subplot there. Uh, but it's going to be the noon kick on Sunday. Uh, yeah. So that's the way that goes at this point. So we'll watch, what, Nick Mullins and the Minnesota Vikings at 7-8 and eight play Jordan Nick Love Mullins. and the Packers hey, in a standalone game Sunday night the, uh, and ring in the new year, I guess, is the way we'll play that out. Then it'll be in the New Year's Day, and that'll feature uh, the Longhorns, and uh, we'll get into that coming up behind the burnt orange curtain. Any thoughts on Michael Penix? You know, the Longhorns have been uh, collecting receipts this year. That's been kind of the, uh, the revenge tour yeah. theme for the Longhorns. Uh, beating teams who beat them a year ago and then finding bulletin board material where they can. Uh, did Michael Penix provide some bulletin board material yesterday? Talking about how you know, he, he's not too, too impressed by this Texas defensive line. They're good, but they're not the, uh, the 49ers. They're not the Eagles. We, we're, we'll be good. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was interesting. I mean, he's, he's got that dog in him. He's barking a little bit. He's so. barking a little. I like the way he put that. <laughs> you know, and I, I, and it's interesting. He just kind of couldn't help himself. So, uh, yeah, that I'm sure we always talk about when stuff like this leaks out, it is what is being repeated in the locker room, right? These are the sentiments of either what's being repeated in the locker room or by the coach. All right, there's either a coach behind the scenes saying this or this is what the players are saying. And, yeah, I, you know what, I respect it. They are the, they're the best offensive line in the country. 
Joe Moore. Yeah, said Joe Moore. Joe Moore. We talked about this yesterday. It's interesting that we, this is kind of what we opened up with yesterday, talking about the offensive line, and now this has become the big focus. And I brought up the fact that Chris Peterson, who is the former Washington coach, he also said, oh, no, the, big, the, the biggest determining factor in this game is going to be that Washington offensive line versus the Texas defensive front. There's no question about it. And now you got Michael Penix barking about it. So we, uh, there's a longer cut, and we'll get into it. I sent it to, to Todd. Cool. We'll play the complete cut, try to get a little bit more context to it uh, and hear from Michael Penix. This is kind of the second time that he's uh, – Longhorn fans will take anything, by the way. Even when he said uh, the earlier comment, which we'll hear about, hey, I don't remember nothing, but when it. Longhorn fans took that. What do you mean you don't remember nothing? But he's like, hey man, what's wrong with that? Because like, he he's, I think he's just talking about he didn't play. He didn't play a great game. He doesn't really know about strategy. Hey man, we won the game. That's what matters the most. So we'll get into it. The trash talk. That's usually a bad idea against Texas. Uh, so, but I don't know what the strategy is, the tactic is, or maybe it's just like I said, he's got that dog in him. It's got and that, that dog, dog, and that dog is barking a little bit. If you're a dog, hey, you got the dog in you. It's hard not to bark a little bit. You see, uh, Mur- uh, Byron Murphy immediately responded. It didn't take him any time. As soon as he saw the tweet, he immediately responded. Oh, and what he's putting up, seven forty-five. Seven forty-five. Seven forty-five. We'll be there. So that's because he got that dog in him. He been trying to bark, and he, you know, he, he been. <laughs> hey, Coach Bush like, nah, y'all chill out. We got, we got to wait. You know, we're telling both, you know, both been telling them, hey, man, I'll wait to game day. We're going to, we, then we're going to do our barking. But they started barking a little bit, so now the Texas guys, they're barking back. Anytime a dog starts barking at the dog, what's the dog do? Bark back. Got to bark back. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you got these uh, like dogs this game needs back. more, more uh, fuel, oh, but it's uh, so good. It's pretty so good. good. And I will say that, uh, it's one of the more I mentioned it yesterday, and you've talked about the, the that Michael Penix in his two years in Washington has only been sacked eighteen times in two years or fifteen times, whatever. 18. As, as I've said, That's if it. you look at his uh, career, he's only been sacked thirty-one times. Thirty-one times in almost sixteen hundred attempts. Dropbacks, right? At Indiana and Washington, that is not a lot. Nope. Uh, so he's really good at getting the ball out. And Pete Kwiatkowski, who we'll hear from this morning as well, he talked about that, that you know, it's not just the O-line, it's, it's Penix. He gets the ball out on time. He gets the ball out where it needs to be. He moves in the pocket well to avoid pressure and keep plays alive. Because you've said this, Rod, he, no one goes deep, no, no one goes vertical more than Washington. No. And so these are long-developing plays. So they are good up front. They do hold up. And then Penix can do a good job of moving the pocket and finding a place to, to let the play develop. But getting rid of the ball when the play's not there. Uh, he's a really savvy player and a really good thrower of the football. Uh, this is safe to say this is the best player. This is the best quarterback the Longhorns have faced this year, without a doubt. Yeah. And he's the Heisman runner-up, for crying out loud. Yeah. They're the number one passing offense in the country. <laughs> uh, it's what you're dealing with. And, you know, we talk about a lot you know, during the year, styles make fights. And this should be a heck of a fight because the styles match up. These teams are kind of mirror images of one another. And, um, you know, both teams are going to, in, in a boxing match, this is one of those 12-rounders. Both teams are going to land some haymakers, Some both teams are going to win some rounds here I think it's fair to say and it's going and the other part about it is both teams have been extremely clutch this year they've been really yep. have found ways to win games I mean the Washington fans will talk about the win at Arizona State when the wind was blowing 40 some miles an hour and they didn't score an offensive touchdown um, and they still won the game uh, they found a way the defense stepped up big with an interception return for a score uh, and Texas can point to spots along the way where they found ways to win games both teams have been really clutch and you call it the uh, the the uh, the football character. Both yeah. teams have high football character. Yes, they do. Uh, so this should be one heck of a football game. Same thing at the Rose Bowl. We'll get into that one as well with Michigan and, uh, and Alabama. The other bowl games, including last night, were Oklahoma. How about the debut of the Jackson-Arnold era for Oklahoma, Rod? They ran up uh, for over 560 yards, mm. but six, six turnovers. 
Three interceptions by the young quarterback. Can't uh, they kind of gave this game away. Can't have it. Uh, but then they had the lead, and they, after trailing early, they rallied to take the lead. Oklahoma did, and uh, six turnovers, and the biggest one was a uh, a 87-yard touchdown after a after a, uh, a fumble. So they were going in to score to extend the lead. Ball goes the other way, 87 yards for a touchdown. The yeah. Arizona Wildcats get to 10 wins and win the Valero Alamo Bowl. Yeah, man, you, that's you gave because you gave that game away. That was you just were careless with the football. The football is the most it is the most precious item <laughs> uh, on the field. Like that's that's I mean, you got you cannot be there careless with the football. Uh, and yeah, that's a, that's an unforgivable sin for the football guys. You're not going to be able to come back from that. You're not supposed to win a game. You don't deserve to win a game. No, I mean turn the football Arizona scored 25 consecutive points to win the ball game. Yeah, they were up. Uh, Oklahoma was up 24-13 in control of the game in the third quarter. Even with all the turnovers, <laughs> even with all the turnovers, yeah. and give uh, give Arizona some credit. They found the win with with Jed Fish, mm. their young coach. They get the victory there uh, with with uh, young Fafita Fafita. Their young quarterback there over 300 yards. So that was a pretty good, pretty good bowl game, actually. And the good, you know, the good bowl games are here. We've talked about these bowl games are going the way of, of flip phones. They're not much to see. But some pretty good games today that you can sink your teeth into. Oregon State and Notre Dame should be a pretty good ball game. Uh, Sun Bowl is always a good game out in El Paso. Uh, and then Missouri-Ohio State tonight in the, in the Cotton Bowl in prime time. Both are top ten teams. We don't know what this Ohio State team is going to look like with their quarterback has transferred to Syracuse and all the players in the portal. Missouri is a really good team out of the SEC. For they are good, but I wonder if uh, all their receivers playing, all those receivers, because they got. I don't know who's playing in these games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really don't. I gotta go check out who's playing if their receivers. If their receivers are playing, uh, yeah, they can go. Devin Brown will be the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes. He's expected to be the new starting quarterback in Cleveland. Excuse me, Cleveland in, in at Ohio State. The Buckeyes eleven and one. Only loss was that, that game to Michigan. <laughs> that dang game to Michigan. They keep losing. Quarterback steal transfer. <laughs> quarterback. Like, we used to be quarterbacks only transferred because they were trying to get to blue blood programs to be a starter so they could win double digit games. Now you have quarterbacks who are at blue blood programs winning double digit games and still transferring. Yeah, I think Kyle, <laughs> I think Kyle McCord's situation was he kind of knew he he because he, he transferred down. He went for Ohio State to with Syracuse, kind of knowing Devin Brown was coming and it was okay. probably his job to to, to lose. To, to, he was going to be a backup next year, okay. and so he wanted to go start at Syracuse. It uh, does appear. We'll see that game tonight, and we'll preview the games of the weekend. There are four today. There are four more tomorrow. There are, of course, NFL on Sunday. And then, of course, Monday we ring in the new year with the national semifinals. So a lot to do on this busy Friday, uh, getting you into the to the final weekend of 2023. Rod, as you just mentioned, we'll take you behind the burn orange curtain. Coming up, we'll hear from Michael Penix, Jr. Got that dog in him. He's barking a little bit. That's a good thing as we get ready for this game Monday night. Also, we'll get some what the facts for the end of our first hour of our five-hour morning conversation on this Friday morning. Let's hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Friday on The Horn, it's the final Friday of 2023 as we get you into the new year come Monday, and Monday we'll be in New Orleans with live coverage of Sugar Bowl 2024 to start the new year. What a way to start the uh, 
the new calendar with the Longhorns playing in the national semifinal. I'll be headed out to New Orleans uh, tomorrow, Rod, and I'll be uh, uh, you know, he- coming to you live with our pregame coverage. We will not do a morning show on uh, New Year's Day, uh, but we will have live coverage 4-7 uh, to seven right. from New Orleans. Um, gonna be part- we're going to be partnering with Rod with our friend uh, Bobby Burton and the team at On Texas Football, and they're going to be at Manning's Restaurant right down there near the convention center right by Harris Casino. And, um, you know, that, that is also the site, Rod, of uh, not just of our pregame show, or at least my part of it, 4-7 to seven on, on Monday. But uh, it will also be the site of the Texas One Fund event. Um, it would be a lot of former Longhorn players rolling through there throughout the day. Right. I know Bobby and his team are going to be set up all day there doing some live web streams from Manning's Restaurant. So if you're looking to pop in and uh, keep up with uh, what's going on, just come see us, and we'll be there on Monday from 4 to 7, and then on Tuesday morning I'll be coming live with Hook'em Up, Rod, the first Hook'em Up of 2024. We'll come uh, from Austin where you will be with, with uh, Patrick Davis in our Horn headquarters, and then uh, I will be from uh, the, the team hotel there uh, at, in, in New Orleans. So uh, looking forward to bringing some live coverage. We do appreciate our travel partners at Hay City Store and Ice House and Taste on Main, a great uh, restaurant in downtown Buda, Texas. There are private partners helping us get there and get back, and we appreciate them very, very much. But that's where we'll be. So if you're headed to New Orleans, uh, come join us out at Manning's on Monday. The, uh, the uh, Archie Manning, I believe, is who started that restaurant originally. Nice. But it just carries the Manning name. I, I was there back in 2018 when the Horns played Georgia in the Sugar Well, it's a cool place. It's huge. Uh, lar- very large place. Plenty of room, plenty of space to get on in there, get some food, and, uh, and hang out. We'll be there 4 to 7, getting you ready for a kickoff at 745 on Monday Night, Beautiful. Everybody's, oh, yeah, everybody's hyped. Even Ty said I'm starting to get hyped. Starting to get hyped. <laughs> well, well, you know, you've got to temper it. You've got to mm-hmm. peek at the right time. You're hoping the team's doing the same thing, right? You're yeah, trying right. to find that uh, that edge. And that's why to hear, you know, the players yesterday and Michael Penix, I love the way you put it, starting hey, to bark dog, a little man. bit. you got the dog in him, that's all. Yeah, these teams know each other. That. And uh, the Longhorns have been on the revenge tour, right? Uh, it's been a big part of this year. Using that for, you know, the, the, their, their own team motivation has been to uh, – right the wrongs of the year previous, right, and beat teams that beat them a year ago. Uh, they did it, uh, you know, to be able to get to big to the Big 12 championship game and see Oklahoma State, who wasn't on their regular season schedule, right, to avenge that loss in Stillwater at Texas Tech. Um, you know, those games, they, they didn't finish a year ago. They finished them outside of the Oklahoma game, but they'll get to see Oklahoma next year. Yeah. But right. this is the last of the receipts, Rod, with the Washington Huskies coming up. And with that in mind, uh, let's go behind the burn orange curtain, talk more Texas-Washington. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, so, yeah, as, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, a little trash talk. Now, I think it's official trash talk going on. Michael Penny's a smart guy. He's been around for a long time. He's a veteran. <laughs> uh, he's been a starting quarterback for Washington for two years. And, yeah, he's played Texas. He's familiar with Texas. He's watched a lot of film on these guys. He knows that this defensive front, defensive tackle duo for them is the best in the country. He knows about Devondre Sweat, too. Uh, And instead of just kind of uh, throwing out some come to coach speak and just throwing out a little bit of uh, some compliments and and moving on, uh, he decided to keep it real. Sometimes keeping it real can go wrong for you. Like I said, he's got that dog in him, so I'm not shocked to hear him barking a little bit. Here's Michael Penix when he's asked about the Texas defensive line. Um, they're they're good. They're a good D line, you know. Um, that, that's it though. They're they're a good D line. 
we'll, whenever the game comes, we'll see, you know, how, how good they are. You know, obviously on film, you know, you play, you play, they play different teams. You know, they haven't played our offensive line yet, so uh, I, I can't really make comments on exactly how good they are. But, you know, it's from film and uh, the teams that they play, you know, they, they show a lot of great things. And boys, they, they're pretty good, so. What are your thoughts on the secondary, Texas secondary, and how you plan on attacking that going into the game? I feel like they're good too. You know, they they do they do a lot of great things. You know, I feel like just their whole their whole uh, defensive game plan and stuff like that. You know, each week I feel like you know they they done a lot of great things. And um, man, I, I feel like those guys they they trust each other on that side of the ball and uh, they trust each other to do their job to make those plays. And um, you know, they, they do a lot of good things. So yeah, there you go. So he he he, he, he did give some compliments to them too. All right, he did compliment them too. On top of saying that they're not necessarily the 49ers or the the, the Eagles' defensive line, just throwing it out there, just for full context of it. Um, he also was asked about the um, how his O line matched up against the Texas defensive line. Here is uh, Michael Penix. They're a good D line. Um, I have a great O line, so we'll see. That's all I gotta say. I I ain't, I ain't trying to talk about them too much more. <laughs> Joe Moore, them boys, the best of the best. They they come out and they they show it each and every week. They show it each and every day to to the team. You know, um, and they they put in the work and they 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 come out to play each and every each and every day. So it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, uh, it's pretty obvious. You know, with now at least a little bit of trash talk, but this is gonna be the key matchup. Um, whether Texas defensive front can get to Michael Penix and whether they can stop the run and make them one-dimensional. I think we know the answer to one of those questions. They will be able to stop the run and make them one-dimensional. Can they get to Michael Penix? Last year they did not. Uh, they they only hurried him eight times. That was it. Uh, they didn't knock him down. They didn't hit him. They didn't sack him at all. Um, so that's going to be the question in this game. Can Texas get to Michael Penix? If they can't get to him, um, it's going, you know, it's going to be a long day. Even if he he's not completing deep passes downfield, last year he was able to maneuver the pocket just well enough to be able to keep plays alive and convert first downs because Texas just didn't get to him enough. And I think that's going to be that's the key matchup. When they answer question one, stopping the run, can they answer question two, which is getting to Michael Penix earlier and often? Uh, they didn't do it enough last season, which which can which translated to them not having enough splash plays on defense. They only had they had one interception, which was great um, early on in the game. They had two PBUs. That was all Terrence Brooks. He had a really good game, um, and they had a pass deflection on the defensive front. That was it. That's all the splash plays they had in the game defensively. When you don't get enough pressure on the opposing quarterback, you don't get enough splash plays on defense. And Texas, by the way, has been top five among Power Five teams in pressure, but they, that needs to translate to turnovers and splash plays, and it needs to convert into sacks. If it doesn't, then the pressure doesn't matter. And he can he's the kind of quarterback where only 9% of the pressures against him are converted into sacks. He brought that up earlier, that – he, you know, 31 sacks that, that he's actually had uh, in his career, and he's a guy that's been throwing the football um, actually kind of a pass-first in pass-first offenses, and yet he's able to avoid sacks because of his athleticism, but also the fact that he gets rid of the football really quickly just because he knows the system. This, remember, this, his, this system that he's in now was the same system he was in when he was in Indiana. He's basically been in this system for three years. So this is – think about how comfortable – 
Quinn is in the system he is at Texas in his second year under Sark. Imagine everybody assumes next year he's going to take a huge leap forward, a quantum leap. All right, that's what Michael Penix is. That's where he is right now in this system. He's at that comfort level, quantum leap comfort level. That's why it's hard to sap him. Yeah, he knows, and he's got really good receivers who find ways to get open. <laughs> That's uh, and they all their full complement, right? There were times this year where they were missing. Um, you know, McMillan was out uh, for 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 a little while, uh, but when you got three guys, and the Longhorns know this very well, when you've got you know X Man and uh, Ad Mitchell and Jay Witt and uh, Jatavion Sanders, which the Horns do, you create mismatches. And as you talk about with Sark, hunting mismatches, uh, trying to find them. You know, Mike, Michael Penix can do the same thing. Uh, try to find a mismatch where they feel yep. good about. Uh, uh, you know, their, their guy on a, on a, on a defender. And, um, you know, that, that's where you go with the football. Uh, 11 sacks they've allowed all season long. So if Texas can get to them even once, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, they're allowing less than a sack a game uh, as an offensive line, 18 in the last two years. So that will be the question, how often Texas can pressure them and how often uh, Texas can get in his face. I do think in, in the interior they'll be able to create some pressure even if they can't do it organically, I think they'll have to double down and blitz in the interior. But, I mean, this offensive line, even though they got a 285-pound center now, he's the redshirt freshman, Parker Brelsford, that moved from right guard when their starting center, who a 60-year guy, went down. They have two fifth-year juniors, I believe, who are in the interior. I know it's crazy to say that because that's just the way uh, the, the, the kind of the new uh, – kind of with the new eligibility stuff, you, you can get those kind of numbers. But – uh, those guys bookend him, and they do a lot of great work. Nate Kalepo and Julius B- uh, Bulow, I believe is his name. So they got veteran experience around the young buck, and they don't overburden him with anything. Their two tackles, I think, are NFL guys, Troy Fautanu and uh, Roger Rosegard- Rosengarten. Only two sacks allowed between them, and I shouldn't even say that because Rosengarten is allowed zero. Both of those have been on Fautanu, and he's the, he's the All-American. He's the guy that's, I think, a third-team All-American. So that is the challenge. Can Texas get pressure from the edges, or do you double down and get the pressure from the interior? I would do the. I would go the latter. I would go pressure from the interior. I think that's how you get to to Penix. That's what I've seen um, so far this season. But obviously, they don't have a lot of leaks because they're the best offensive line in the country, and they have arguably the best pass protection in the country. I heard Chris Peterson say that earlier too. So that's the challenge for the Texas defensive front. And it, it's a hell of a challenge. But I, I like the game plan from last year. Last year they just didn't get to them. Three things the game plan did not ex- uh, uh, allow Texas to execute very well last year. They didn't stop the run with a light box. We'll hear from PK talking about that later on. They didn't stop um, the conversions on money downs. They were 56% last year, uh, so Texas gave up too much of that. And I think they also allowed they allowed uh, Washington to keep Penix clean. They just didn't get to him. This year, they're top five in third down defense. They're top five rush defense last year. They were subpar to below average in both of those categories. So maybe this year, same game plan, but you're better suited because now you're a better overall, stronger, well-rounded defense that you can execute that game plan with a lighter box, and hopefully you can actually get to Penix when you stop the run. 
Yeah, that is, uh, you know, it, it, it's last year's game, and the Longhorns lost five games last year, right, eight and five. And going into the offseason, all the things you're talking about were the points of emphasis on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. We've got to be better on money downs. We've got to be better rushing, you know, getting pressure on quarterbacks, and we've got to be better forcing turnovers than they have been. That's why they're 12-1 and one this year. They've been better in all of those things this year, and that's what needs to show up on uh, on, on Monday night uh, against this uh, high-powered Washington offense. But, again, I think – you know, there's also you just have to give credit to your opponent. You know what you're dealing with, and uh, I'm not saying back down to them, but you have to. You can use your offense like a defense, right? Try to keep them off the field if you okay. can control the ground and run the football. Um, I think Sark's going to have to have a heck of a game here, game management wise. You know, playing that uh, end of the half, start of the third quarter kind of thing. If you get the if you get the win the toss, those kind of things, you got to try to steal some possessions where you can, Rod. I believe, and I think both teams are in this. This is Kalen DeBoer, Steve Sarkeesian. This is high-level stuff uh, where both teams have that clutch gene. Both teams have really good offenses and quarterbacks and passing games. Uh, both teams can be leaky in the, uh, in the secondary. So you know, this is one of those uh, the coach can, can do some favors to the, to the team as well. i got to got to call a good game uh, in this one. This one says, what was the name of that Iowa State offensive lineman that talked mess about Texas earlier this year? Yeah, I don't remember his name either. Yeah. Uh, well, it was actually Gerard Hufford. Gerard Hufford, Gerard there Hufford. you go. Yeah, um, Michael Penix. Like I said, that that guy. I don't know why he was talking because he ain't, he ain't got that dog in him. He was just. I don't know why he was barking. Michael Penix is different though. We all agree. He's built a little bit different. Well, this will be and his last game as a – well, for him, hopefully not his last game as a Washington Husky. He'd like to play in the national championship game. This says, guys, we all know our weakness is our secondary. If Washington goes hurry up to keep our guy from subbing, it will be a big challenge. Now, they don't go hurry up a lot, Rod, but you know that would be a tendency breaker. They are 75th in plays per minute. They don't like to go up-tempo. They probably should. If Texas gets a big lead, they – they would because every team has when Texas is pr- trying to protect a, a lead, then teams usually end up going hurry up because they're running out of time, running out of possessions, running out of plays. So, yeah, I brought that up earlier um, this month that as a, you know, just looking at what they could do potentially that could break a tendency to win big games. You got to break tendency. I would go up tempo against Texas. I mean, that's every team that's done it has had success. I mean, you think about the two-minute drills that Texas has struggled to defend early on in the season. Uh, that's essentially putting Texas in a emergency situation defensively because you're going up-tempo, right, challenging their communication. Uh, you also have the uh, situations where Texas is up by 20, 21 points on multiple teams, and then they go into more of an up-tempo, hurry-up mode because they're running out of plays, um, i.e. the – TCU game, the U of H game, the K-State game, teams they go pass first. And then Oklahoma, naturally, I mean, they're, they're like top 10 in the country, uh, top 15 in the country in pace. Uh, TCU was one of those teams, naturally, that had uh, really, I think, high numbers in plays per minute. So, yeah, it, it, that's one of the ways I think you can expose the Texas pass defense. And it nullifies the rush, their pass rush. You don't really have to worry about it as much when you're in up-tempo and hurry-up yeah. mode because the ball is coming out quick. Yeah, and, and, you know, Texas goes fast when they get going, right? You get that initial first down, and then you can go tempo. Um, but we'll, we'll see. This is a heck of a matchup. Looking forward to it with a lot of subplots and uh, obviously the relationships between the coaching staffs and Sark was a coach at Washington and PK was there before he came to Texas. Uh, he revealed yesterday, Pete Kwiatkowski, the Longhorn defensive coordinator, his best friend is the offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the the Joe Moore award-winning offensive yeah. line. And he, they kept that guy, and they didn't have to keep Scott Huff, but they kept Scott Huff around for, P- from the previous regime. Yeah, Sark, PK revealed that. Yeah, that's my best friend. You know, we gotta, we're, we're good buddies in the offseason, but, man, we're going to go at it. We're going to go at it on Monday night. So there you go. That's the, the plot thickens. Plot thickens yeah. <laughs> uh, for this game. And uh, so a lot of familiarity between the two, certainly man, based on last year's game and all the crossover um, for these staffs. All right, we'll come back. When we do some what the facts that you need to get you, things you need to know as you get into the new year and the final weekend of 2023. Also more on Texas and Washington, obviously. Uh, uh, looking forward to the Cowboys game with the, with the uh, Lions on Saturday. We'll preview that. Got a lot to do on a busy Friday. I'll hook them up with Ian Rodby. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. All right, time for some what the facts, including uh, some facts on these bowl games. Had four games yesterday, Rod, and got to give some props. It is a fact that uh, after the Pop-Tart Bowl yesterday in Orlando, where K-State beat NC State, Chris Kleiman found as he knows his quarterback for the future, right, Avery Johnson? Oh, yeah. Threw two touchdowns, ran for another. He was the MVP. They So for the celebration after the game, they uh, brought out a giant toaster, and a guy dressed <laughs> as a Pop-Tart actually got into the toaster. Oh, And then on, Chris Kleiman and uh, Avery Johnson were wow. standing, and the, toast, the, the, the Pop-Tart came out, and they wow. got to eat some of it, like a giant uh, Pop-Tart. I love that the coaches now have to participate in yes. the antics that uh, whatever the promotion is. Like yes. they get mayo poured on you, or you got to go over there and pull the, the Pop-Tart thing. I, I love it. I think that's fantastic. What did uh, Lincoln Riley had eggnog did he, dumped on him? <laughs> I know. I think it's great. I think the coaches are like, you know what? I'll do it. You know what? Just get, I don't know if they get paid extra. I don't know if they get a little book bonus for that and they probably get a bonus for winning the bowl game so you got to do whatever the hell you got to do uh but that is that's pretty wild i like that so did it work out was it a success yeah it looked like, and when it came out you know chris Kleiman grabbed a hunk of the icing that was on it and he ate it i mean it, i guess it was a, a giant that was a strawberry pastry was it strawberry it was white yeah white with, ah, with sprinkles yeah that's, see that's obviously the best pop tart flavor strawberry it looked like the best pop tart flavor i mean it's, yeah. it's not even close actually you know, while we've been discussing this it's easily the one not my favorite anyway um all right uh, what the facts Gave this fact earlier, but I still think it's fantastic. I'm going to give it again. Uh, with, for the first time since 1989, the Cleveland Browns, with their win last night, will officially finish ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the division. Hasn't happened since 1989. That is stunning. I mean, I was in high school the last time they did that. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> just, yeah. It, 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 but it just lets you know. I think it says more about the Steelers, though, honestly. Not the, the Browns, what they're doing is, is, honestly, it is extraordinary. For – you know, fourth quarterback they're on, which is, I mean, usually if you're, by, if you're on your fourth quarterback, there's no way you should be winning double-digit games. And it's like they, it's almost uh, like they stumbled into the right quarterback, though, in the, their fourth yeah, drive. Right, the one that's most compatible with their formula. And then, in addition to that, they've been hit hard by injuries. Uh, well, obviously, look, look at the quarterback position. Um, but even at other positions, like, uh, you know, close to over 25% of their salary cap is on IR right now. So Kevin Stefanski's doing a great job. He saved his job, as a matter of fact. So uh, Cleveland Browns, 
right now, uh, one of the hot, hottest teams in the NFL. And Joe Flacco, the 296 yards that he had at halftime, as you mentioned, uh, in one half, that is more than Deshaun Watson's had in any of his starts with the Cleveland Browns. That's going to be a problem. I know it ain't right now because they're riding high. All they're thinking about is winning games, and Joe Flacco is the savior right now for, for Cleveland. But I'm telling you, after the high wears off and they're done with the season, it's going to be really awkward trying to figure out with the face of the franchise being Deshaun Watson, what are you doing with the backup quarterback position? Uh, what do you do about Joe Flacco? Do you bring him back? Do you want him back in that locker room? Because the guys may like him more than they like Deshaun Watson. It's just going to be weird. It's going to be awkward. It's, everything's been awkward for Deshaun Watson. And I, I don't feel bad for him, by the way. Uh, Joe Flacco, by the way, is also the first quarterback, uh, Cleveland quarterback ever, to go for over 300 yards in four straight starts. That's never happened before in that franchise's history. And wow, what? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense because look Cleveland, at all the quarterbacks they've had. Yeah, I mean, who's <laughs> who's going to be? I mean, you're talking about Bernie Kosar and uh, – Right. You know, I mean, the I, Baker Mayfield. But, by the way, Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay's got a decision to make with him. That's a fact. Well, what are they going to do with him? I mean, he's going to be the comeback player of the year. They're kind of they're kind of brought Baker in to be a bridge quarterback to their next guy, but don't you kind of have to – Ride Baker's playing as a top ten quarterback right now. It's interesting. We've seen this happen where a team brings in a quarterback they think is going to be a bridge guy. I, I believe Detroit was doing that with Jared Goff, and now they're like, you know what? Maybe we should rethink the bridge. That's uh, at least let's let's repaint the the bridge. <laughs> let's give it some renovations. <laughs> All right, uh, like Tom Herman always say about repainting the Golden Gate Bridge. You know what? Let's just repaint the son of a gun and renovate it. And now I, I think he looks compatible well, uh, I with think... their situation right now. That may change when Ben Johnson leaves, but. We'll see. But you're right about Baker, too. they got to reconsider. Yeah, you're right about that with Jared Goff and now here Baker Mayfield, both former number one overall picks, right, uh, guys? who so high upside guys. Maybe came in too hyped and kind of kind of got caught up in it. Maybe weren't in a good situation. But, uh, That's but, my bad. But, but you're still talented if, yeah. you're, if, you're, if you're going that high in a draft. You've That's got ability, uh, which is interesting. I'd also say this, that uh, we, all, we are on a verge of – of history in the NBA, Rod. Verge of history. The Detroit Pistons scared us a little bit last night. They actually built a 21-point lead in Boston. Looked like they were going to break their losing skid. No, no, they're playing Boston, of course, at TD Garden. And the Celtics came all the way back, won the game 128-122. It's now 28 consecutive losses for your Detroit Pistons. Is that the record, right? That ties the record. That ties the record, okay. They can own the record outright with one more loss. One more loss. It would be 29 and um, – that's miserable. How's that not, man? That's crazy. I don't know how <laughs> in the hell that's not the record anyway. They're that bad? They're that bad. Now now the shame is going to be who the hell loses. Yeah, that, 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 that you can't team. be the team that loses to them now. <laughs> you don't want to be that slump buster, no. No, they're 2-29, and 29, Rod. I mean, they 2-29. No. and 29. Um, Dude, you realize they're so bad, they may set the record twice. You know what? They may set the record, win a game or two. And they're so bad on the back end of the NBA schedule, they may get it. They may lose that many games again. It's hard to do. Their last win they're, came they're right. Pretty before. damn bad. It's like the, you know, the Browns last time they were ahead of the Steelers was when I was in high school. the uh, The last win for the Detroit Pistons came before Halloween, <laughs> <laughs> October third. <laughs> October 28th. Wow. The Rangers have now recently won a game than the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, the Texas Rangers. That's correct. I did not expect well, that. Well, because the lie. Pistons started the season 2-1. and one. It was promising. They were 2-1 and one to start the year. That was promising. <laughs>
They've lost every game since. Don't they have the special there uh, where they win a home game? Is it the yeah, they got to deal with Wingstop or something. If they win a game, they get five free wings. They haven't had to give that out. The Wingstop's like, man, we just get all the promotion, but we ain't got to give him no free we wings. Give him no free wings yet. <laughs> this is a great promotion. Somebody give that guy a raise. Oh, man. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, there's some what the facts. We'll what pick this up facts. on the other side for sure. As uh, yeah, the Browns uh, break them up. They're 11 and five, and a scary team in the AFC. Also, the Cowboys finally doing right by Jimmy Johnson. We'll get you details on that coming up uh, ahead of their big showdown with the Detroit uh, Lions, the better team in Detroit, coming up tomorrow. The full weekend. It's the final weekend of 2023. We're getting you ready for it. Uh, talking Texas, Washington to start the new year. Uh, we're jam packed. One hour down. Four to go on Hook 'Em Up with Ian Rodby.